Welcome to another episode of the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship. I'm your host, John Hare. We've been working on a number of projects and doing quite a bit of traveling and riding over the summer. As a consequence, the podcasts have been uh, a little bit sporadic. I apologize. It's important to me to try and find stories that are interesting and informative. And while Renee and I have a great time riding around the area, those stories aren't always the most spellbinding, if you know what I mean. But on today's show, we talk to someone in our own backyard, Bakersfield, California. Stephen Goldwater's Emporium Western Store has been a downtown fixture for over a hundred years. While it's not exactly certain who initially established the store in 1909, let's face it, those records are hard to find, my research discovered Abraham Chain and Samuel Cohen owned the store in 1926. This is how the current owner, Stephen Goldwater, remembers it. According to information we found, it was started in 1909 in downtown Bakersfield. By who? Was that a relative of yours? Uh, no, I honestly don't know who started it. I think I heard the name once. Our connection with the Emporium started in 1928 uh, when my grandfather purchased the store. My mother's father. Your uh, grandfather, Reuben? Yes, Isaac Reuben. Um, the earliest record I have him recording sales is September 11, 1928. And I have an old you know, ledger. Right. Um, in the early 1900s, small local stores were somewhat of a luxury. They relied on the business acumen of the owner. Economic conditions could turn quickly. A retailer had to have enough savvy and cash to know what to buy and when to buy it. Many stores tried to be all things to all people. The Emporium was no different. Yeah, I kind of refer to it as a true Emporium. In the old days, an Emporium was like a general store. Carried a little of this, a little of that, um, a forerunner to department stores, perhaps. Um, but that you know, that's really what it was, um, from my understanding. And it was operated that way until my mother and father took over in 40, 1946, and began to convert it about 1948 to a true Western store. Um, up until the late 40s, there weren't really. Uh, specialty Western stores as such. You know, cowboy might go buy boots one place, shirts and whatever, um, but it became a, a significant industry starting in the late 40s. I can remember as a small child, um, we still had towels in the store that we would sell to people, you know, to go along with their clothes. Arnold Rojas, in his books about the early vaqueros, talked about how the early cowhands got paid on a monthly basis and frequently bought a pair of new jeans around payday. Many of the hard-working vaqueros couldn't afford to have their jeans washed and cleaned. At the time, denim would shrink when washed, and the vaqueros bought the size that fit them. Then, at the end of the month, they would come in for a new pair and throw the old ones away. If you are not familiar with the vaquero books, they tell the story of the early cowhands in the Central Valley. If you are familiar, you may enjoy learning that many of Mr. Rojas's books were written in the back room of the Emporium Western store. Yeah, they would get rid of them about the time the jeans could stand up by themselves in the <laughs> corner, you know, and so much stuff in them. That's the story. Yeah, in fact, um, Rojas, we used to call him Chief Rojas, um, wrote one of his 
a couple of his books sitting in the boot department in what we call the old store, the one previous to this location. Is that right? He'd sit down there and write and take notes. You know, pre-computer, and he didn't use a typewriter, so everything was handwritten. And was he uh, just a fixture here? or Practically. Was he? <laughs> I remember as a small child, he would be in the store quite a bit and on through my teenage years. He'd always and, be down there. And was he still a working cowboy at that time? You call him chief. Was he an Indian? Yeah, he was part Indian. Uh, Arnold, Arnold Rojas? Arnold. I think his name was. Arnold. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm him. not sure he was working anymore at that po point. I, I really don't remember. I remember sitting down there and I used to you know, tell all these stories about the Old West and it was, it was fun. Like many stores of the time, the Emporium could have stayed a general store. But one employee saw the need for a store where cowboys could shop for all their goods. But in order for the store to change, she would have to convince Al Goldwater, the owner, that there was a real need. Let me just tell you a couple stories. Let me tell you. How, okay. Let me tell you how my father got in the Western business. Um, when he took it over in 1946, there was a young lady that came to work for him who lived in Lamont, named Juanita Clark. Her husband was Gene Clark, a rodeo rider. And Anita, as everybody called her, kept telling my father, "We need to get more in the Western business. Those cowboys have nowhere to go, no one place to go do their one one-stop shopping, so to speak." And she wanted to put in a lot of cowboy boots, and particularly Tony Lamas. So my dad contacted Tony Lama and they said, uh, you need to order 24 pair to give us an opening order. My dad said, you know, 24 pair? Where will I ever come up with that money? So he told Nita, you go sell 24 pair. Like, pre-sell them, what sizes, what do the cowboys want, and we'll open the account, and we'll bring those in, and we'll be off and running. So after several months, she came to him and said, I got 23 pairs sold out. You know, she would give them updates. He said, okay, pick a size and a style you like, and we'll order 24. We'll take a chance on one pair. And they were off and running in the cowboy boot business. Is that right? Uh, and she got them, you know, which jeans to buy, different things that the cowboys wanted. Because, her, like I say, her husband was a rodeo cowboy. And wow. They had a little arena out in Lamont for rodeo. So, you know, she was into that lifestyle a lot. Right. And uh, converted more and more into Western. There were a lot of... A lot of um, Current brands like Roper and Panhandle Slim and even Wrangler started in the late 40s as Western suppliers. I mean, that's, they were that new because that became a new industry of its own. You know, who knows? But it establishes one of the, the really one of the early Western stores in California. Wow. We know that. You know, there's lots of others. And there's stores I have visited, like in Pendleton, Oregon. Uh, there's a store that goes back to like the 1860s as a store. I don't know when they called themselves a true Western store, but that's, you know, Pendleton's had a big roundup rodeo there for decades. So um, maybe we're not the oldest in the West Coast. I don't know. Probably not. It's a cool experience walking through the Emporium Western store. There are stacks and stacks of jeans, all colors, styles, and sizes. There's a women's section, of course, and a hat section where I got my hat cleaned and steamed while I was there. There's an incredible selection of boots, and when I asked about a particular style, I was told the back room holds an additional 2,000 pairs of boots. While the store had been in at least two other locations, the current location was originally built to be a bank. There's an ample parking lot, parking can be tough in our downtown area, where the store regularly stages live music events. 
The inside walls are covered with memorabilia of years of service to the community, and many celebrities have stopped into the store over the years. We actually, we had so many coming in the store in the 90s when country music was big that um, we have a, a Wrangler banner up downstairs and we used to get it down have a sign that was Sharpie. Oh, wow. So we have names of you know, all these different people that have been in here. Um, even regular customers now, um, Jameson Parker is one who used to be on Simon and Simon on television. Other oh, yeah, knows, right. Lives up in the Tapachapi area. Uh -huh. He and his wife Darlene come in the shop. Uh, Tony Curtis, you know, years ago when he was alive, used to come in and get his hats and, ri and riding gloves, you know, like deerskin gloves, and have, have a ship them to him. Um, gosh, there's just been so many um, over the years. And there's one celebrity, Bakersfield's most notable country music star, Buck Owens, who had a special connection with the Emporium Western store. Let me give you an early Emporium Western store, Buck Owens story. Um, and, and I actually did not hear this from my father. I heard it from Mel Owens, who's Buck's nephew, who currently runs Buck Owens Productions. Mel told me that um, Buck told the story to him that when Buck was in the 50s, Buck was fairly new to Bakersfield, trying to start out as a singer, uh, or, you know, here. And he used to shop at the Emporium. He got to know my dad. And he came in one day and said, Al, he's all excited. I got a gig in L.A. This could be the big, big breakthrough. So my dad said, well, what are you going to wear? You know, you're going to go appear on stage. He said, I don't know. I'll have to look at my old stuff. I don't have any money. And my dad said, why don't we outfit you? And someday when you get the money, you pay me. That's kind of the way my dad was. He loved the Western business by then. Uh, he loved helping people get started. So, you know, it was like, okay, let's do it. So Buck did. And he got the outfit. I don't know what it was. Off he goes. And when Buck got the money, he came back and paid my dad, of course, because that's how Buck was, right. true to his word. Right. So Mel told me the story after my father died, so I could never confirm it with him, but, you know. I... Buck died in his sleep of an apparent heart attack after performing at his club, the Crystal Palace. As the story goes, Buck stopped by a few days before the concert to check in with his friends at the Emporium. Current owner Stephen Goldwater doesn't look like a typical ranch hand. Far from it. But he's spent a lifetime in the Western apparel business. But, like many sons who follow in their father's footsteps, the path wasn't always a straight line. And, but I worked for a Western store down in Los Angeles while I was in college because I had the, you know, the background. So that was good. And then I went off into a whole different industry, high-tech aerospace industry for 17, almost 18 oh, years. Wow. After, call, after graduate school. And then um, my wife and I, when it was a New Year's Day, we looked at each other and said, hey, you know, the kids are getting older, our son was going into junior high, and we said, maybe we should look at a smaller place to live than Los Angeles. So I looked at opportunities within our corporation where I might transfer, but there really wasn't a good place in California. And so we said, well, well maybe I don't go to work for a big company. What do you think about Bakersfield? So we, act, we actually came sneaking up here one day, and we looked around, and we got with a realtor and showed us some houses, and we, and we thought, eh, can we do this? And yeah, we decided to do it, so I approached my dad about it. He was delighted, of course. That had me coming back into the business, and it's been fun ever since. I've been back almost 26 years. Like I just told somebody Saturday that was in here um, that moved to Shafter from L.A., where they lived for 10 years, 
I said, um, everybody should live in a big city for a while. Right. You know, get that perspective, have that fun. I said, yeah. I'll tell you what's interesting too here is how many people we get from well all over the United States but other countries really you know passing through last week we had people there from six different countries within three days it's just kind of a phenomenon uh, and a lot of them are passing through or they have a little Western interest or they just want to see you know look for a Western store to buy jeans because you know we're half the price of anywhere in Europe or Japan where we get people but we had people from um, Finland, Germany, Argentina, Australia, France, and England within like three days last week. It's just crazy. And they come in and they look around and they go, they really like the feel of the old time Western story. Right. You know, they enjoy that. You know, a lot of people end up in town because it the country music area. So they're looking for a Western store to check out. Some of them buy stuff, some don't. We love talking to them. It's great. That'll do it for this episode. I'd like to thank Stephen Goldwater and the crew at Emporium Western Store. As always, I'll have links to all the places mentioned in the show in the show notes at woepodcast.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on not only this episode, but the show in general. It's easy to contact me. Just send it to john at woepodcast.com. I love hearing from you. You can find out more about our show at woepodcast.com. Every episode is listed there, along with links to our YouTube channel with over 70 videos. With over 100 episodes, you can now find the Woe Podcast on not only iTunes, but Stitcher, Google+, and everywhere else podcasts are listed. The best part? They're all free. Thanks again for listening to the show and sharing this podcast. Until next time, for Renee, this is John Hare saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody.